Welcome back to season two of the Ivy League Prep Academy podcast, equipping you to successfully pursue the college of your dreams. We believe everyone deserves to reach their full potential and the admissions process shouldn't hold you back. But the second thing you need to know, besides understanding the impressiveness trap, is to get into the minds of the admissions officers. What are colleges actually trying to do when they choose who is admitted and who is not in each freshman class, right? First of all, they want a rich, diverse class. And once again, if you're new, if this is your first time listening to my material, uh, I'm, I'm not going to get into the context here. I'm just going to summarize and touch on this because I most of this audience, most of the people here are either my already my students or are already deep into my community, already listen to my podcast. Okay, so go back and, and there's a lot to catch up on. But admissions officers don't care as much about some of the things that you think they care about. They could care less whether you're in National Honor Society. Literally, don't even put it on your application. Uh, they don't care about so many of the things that you think they care the most about, uh, but they do care about creating a rich, diverse class. They want all kinds of differences among the students that make up the freshman class. And they want that, that freshman class to act like a ecosystem where all these differences come together and support each other. Okay, uh, They need to meet their institutional priorities. And we've gone into tremendous de detail about this, but if they need, you know, if, 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 for example, the orchestra does not have anyone to play the tuba, then the college needs to literally pay money to hire a community member to come in and play the tuba in the orchestra uh, or, or the band or whatever, right? So they have priorities. They, they have positions on each team that they need to fill. They have, uh, if they just spent $4 million building a new laboratory, you better believe they're looking for scientists that can fill that laboratory or students who can uh, support the scientists in that laboratory and so on, okay? They have their own unique individual institutional priorities. And then one of the things that gets overlooked the most is they're looking for students who are going to graduate later and go change the world. And they know that, that to a certain extent, there's an inverse relationship between getting grades and starting the companies that change the world. Very few straight A students are the students that ha take the risks and, uh, and go on to create companies that change the world. And so admissions officers kind of have to understand that dynamic, right? Who are these students who are going to be able to handle our academic rigor, but also are likely to go and write New York Times bestselling books, or go become Rhodes Scholars, or go become senators or presidents of countries, or, uh, or start the businesses that change the world, or start organizations that change the world. Okay, they want to figure out which students are going to be able to do that. Now, we have a very uh, effective system to create resumes that help admissions officers see that, that you as the teenager are exactly the kind of person who will become an alumnus or alumna who will change the world. And so let's talk about that. Um, we've just said the two things you need to know. You need to know the, about the impressiveness trap. You need to know what admissions officers care about. And once you know those things, then we can answer this question. How do you communicate to the admissions officer that you're the right kind of high performer instead of the aggressive super chicken? Okay, We've, we're clear that we don't want super chickens <laughs> uh, to be running the show. How do you show that you're the right kind of high performer and not the aggressive super chicken? Well, we do these three things, okay? Three things to do. 
First, it begins with core values. College prep does not begin with what's most impressive to an admissions officer. It just cannot begin with the impressiveness trap. We know where that leads. It has to begin with what are your core values? What truly matters to you? Then we get into evidence that you're the kind of person that can change the world because we empower you to become the kind of person that changes your small world, your community today. And then you need to be able to communicate your story, communicate your unusual self-awareness, communicate your unusual community impact, communicate that in your application, okay? And that is how you demonstrate real leadership. So in phase one, you find your core values. Here are a few of the things that we need to discuss in order to find your core values. All right, these are just a handful of the things that we do in the Ivy League Challenge. If you are not in a position to join my course, to join the Ivy League Challenge, these are the questions that you need to be really introspective about. These are the things you need to answer. Uh, because as you connect the dots between the things that bring you joy, the things that spark your curiosity, the kinds of people you admire, and yet the things that also make you angry or break your heart, how do you connect those dots? How do you pull out what matters most to you from these answers? Once you pull that out, once you reflect in an effective way and answer these questions, then you can begin to understand what your core values are. And something absolutely beautiful happens when you begin to make choices that align with your core values instead of making choices that align with what's most impressive to an admissions officer, right? Instead of making choices based on the question, quote unquote, what's most impressive to an admissions officer, when, when you're in middle school and high school, almost everyone is looking around themselves to try to see how to fit in and, and know how to behave in any given situation. When you discover your core values and you have the confidence to make choices that align with your core values, do you know that that changes? You can begin, instead of looking outside of you to see how to fit in, you can begin looking, you can begin looking inside to your core values to know how to behave. And something amazing happens because you appear to be so confident at that stage. It's not that you have unwavering confidence in reality, but compared to everyone else, everyone sees you and they say, man, who is this teenager that has it all figured out? And people start to see you as a leader, even if you're not even trying to lead, right? Your ability to make decisions that align with your core values instead of just aligning with whatever allows you to fit in, suddenly you stand out in remarkable ways that are unspoken, but obvious to everyone. And your confidence builds as you do this, okay? This is, that's just the beginning too. That is not the only reason we start with core values. There's so many reasons we start with core values. Uh, we already talked about this, the, the idea that most students, they, they burn out already with their academic work. And then they think that they have to race each other to get more activities done, be the president of more clubs, start clubs, do research above and beyond, all these things that they feel like they have to do in order to be more impressive than whoever else they're competing against. And, and man, that just, it grinds you out, right? It burns you out over time. 
And in order to fit everything in, you start to think, well, I can't sacrifice what I want to do. So I'll sacrifice my sleep. I can't sacrifice. I can't do less. So I'll just do it faster. I'll do it more superficially. I'll, I'll create the facade of really diving deep into all these things. There's all these kinds of strategies that are all very toxic, very unhealthy. Uh, and, and ironically, you do all that, you burn out, you, you, you sacrifice your health and your sleep and your mental health and your friendships and so much. And then in four years, what? You, you, you submit a boring application, right? An application that, that looks like everyone else who did the same thing you did. So we begin with core values. Then once you identify your core values, now we can identify a problem in your community that violates your core values and work to solve that problem. That's the second stage to demonstrating leadership. You don't just have unusual self-awareness. You're not just unusually reflective about who you are and what matters to you. You're an action taker. You're a problem solver. Because problem solvers are leaders, period. And I promise you, you are demonstrating far more leadership by identifying and organizing and rallying a group of people to solve a problem in your community than you demonstrate by becoming the student body president or the captain of the team or anything else. I promise you, in the eyes of an admissions officer who has seen countless, way too many student body presidents to count, finding someone who identifies a problem in their community that violates their core values and that rallies the troops to go solve that problem in the real world, that person stands out. That person is an exciting possibility for the freshman campus, okay? Phase two, you identify a problem in your community that violates one of your core values and work to solve it, okay? And, and this is, I mean, this is what I just said, right? But this is leadership. And the cool thing is you don't have to rally the troops to solve a problem. Your problem solution can be just you writing the book or writing the guide or creating the, uh, the material that, that gives voice to someone else. Maybe you're the one who interviews the quiet person who has all the answers and you find a way to get their voice heard. There are so many ways to do this. But as long as it aligns with your core values, these activities, this leadership, this problem solving that you do is not going to burn you out. It's going to nourish your soul. It's going to recharge your batteries, not drain them. And that's exciting because that means you can do an even better job. And then the third thing you need to do is just communicate that clearly. The way that we describe this in the Ivy League Challenge is you need to think about the Venn diagram. Now, of course, we have a couple of charts and a couple of diagrams that we use. This is the most simple. <laughs> uh, but when you think about your college application, those of you who are seniors right now and you're hoping to just enhance your application in these last two or three weeks before you submit, this is the most important slide you will see this entire year. Most important thing you see. Because if you can clarify your entire application through this Venn diagram, colleges care about this Venn diagram. Who are you and what is your mission? Another way to ask that, who are you and why does it matter? Okay, so you are your core values, your strengths, your interests, your history, your character, right? Uh, that's you. 
Who you are is the stuff that you've already done. What is your mission? Well, that's how your community is a better place because you are you and you happen to be in your community. And whatever community you're in, it's going to be a better place because you are you. And we have evidence of that because you have made an impact. That's your mission. That's your quest. That's your thing. In the Ivy League Challenge, we call that your impact project. We, we actually very intentionally create the framework to go and create a mission, do a thing. But if you're a senior right now, you need to look backwards, not forwards, and say, okay, what is the story I could tell? What would my mission be if, if I understood this earlier? What, 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 what would I have spent my time on instead of trying to be, you know, answer the question, what's the most impressive thing to an admissions officer? What's the stuff that I did in secret when I wasn't just trying to be impressive? That's going to be the stuff you want to pull out. All right. Your mission is your impact project, the stuff that you do to solve a problem that violates your core values. And if, if you're an admissions officer, you are looking right here at the intersection of the student and their mission to try to figure out how do they fit in this rich, diverse class? How do they meet one or more of our institutional priorities? And are they the kind of person who is going to graduate in four years and go make the world a better place and bring honor and glory back to our campus? The way you answer those three questions is by clarifying who you are and what your mission is. So tell your story. Learn how to tell your story. Uh, and that is phase three, of course, in the Ivy League Challenge, as all of my students know. All right. Here's the thing. I don't have anything but empathy for the poor teenagers and even the, uh, the families that got caught up in this super chicken fighting. The bullying and the, the environment that makes people feel like there is nothing but desperation here. But the only thing we can do is fight, 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 because there can only be one. Only the best. Only the best of the best of the best can possibly get in to these most competitive colleges. Right? This impressiveness trap, this approach to college prep that says, I need to be more impressive than everyone else, but the only way I can be impressive is by doing the exact same things everyone else is doing. So therefore, I have to do them better than everyone else. That is going to lead to desperation. That's the impressiveness trap. It's unhealthy. And our teens deserve better. And that is my mission, is to try to get the word out to more and more families that this is not even a good strategy, even if it was healthy. It's just a bad strategy. You're going to turn in a boring application, an application that looks like everyone else's application. So instead, let's do the healthy thing. Let's do the healthy thing, align your college prep with core values, align your leadership in activities with your core values by solving a problem that matters to you, rallying the troops when necessary to solve this problem, and then communicate that clearly. You, I would love for some of you to say, what's my leadership style? I'm the one who looks for the quiet person, right? I try to empower the quiet person, the one who has all the answers but doesn't feel comfortable talking. I try to find that person in the group and empower them. What a profound leadership statement, right? That is communicating. There's so many ways 
to show that you are the kind of leader that admissions officers actually care about, that they actually are looking for. This is my message today. There is so much to leadership that is so healthy. And even competition should be healthy. It is great to ask someone to try to outperform someone else. That's wonderful. As long as we stay away from the toxic desperation. And how do we do that? We open up the our mindset around what college prep should be. Okay? Sure, push yourself to be better than someone else at something. In a healthy competition, that's wonderful. But if you're stepping on other people's backs in order to, to gain that, that advantage, you're already past, you're past that red line. It's toxic. And uh, that's not what admissions officers are looking for. And it's going to make your application boring and it's going to be unhealthy and it's a bad approach to life. And it's just a bad strategy for college as well. All right. So instead, let's align first with core values, then do an intentional community impact project, a project that makes your community a better place. And then focus on how do I communicate my unique leadership style? Because the way that you empower your community, the way you make your community a better place is leadership. You don't have to be the captain. You don't have to be an extrovert. You don't have to be any of the things that people sometimes associate with leadership in order to demonstrate thoughtful and effective and amazing leadership qualities. All right. So thank you so much, everyone. I'll go ahead and end the recording here. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.